Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is Toyota L. Brown. Toyota is a solo practitioner at the law office of T.L. Brown in Richardson, Texas. Toyota is originally from Natchez, Mississippi, where she graduated from Natchez High School. Later, she graduated from Tougaloo College in Tougaloo, Mississippi in 2001, receiving a Bachelor of Arts degree in English. In 2004, Toyota received her Juris Doctor from the University of Mississippi School of Law, Ole Miss, in Oxford, Mississippi. Toyota has served the Dallas Metroplex area for over 11 years as a personal injury, criminal law, and now immigration attorney. Toyota takes her role as a legal advocate seriously. She is often acknowledged for her zealous advocacy, as well as her compassionate and candid approach when handling her cases. Toyota believes it is necessary to have consistent communication with her clients and prides herself on carefully explaining the necessary steps to resolve her clients' legal issues at every stage. The law office of T.L. Brown represents Toyota's commitment to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Please join me in welcoming Toyota Brown to today's podcast. Hey, Toyota. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Well, thanks for taking the time and sharing your story with us and, um, and connecting with us. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, me too. I'm excited that you guys invited me on and it's a very good topic. So, um. all right, well, let's hear it. So first of all, let's uh, think about this notion of stuck and what comes to mind when you hear the word stuck, how would you define it? So I was thinking about stuck and when I think about stuck in terms of my own life, it's not a situation where I'm not moving. Um, Mm -hmm. When I am stuck, I think of like a, like a car wheel in the mud Mm -hmm. and the wheel is just spinning and sometimes out of control in some instances and splattering mess everywhere in the process of trying to get out of a situation. So for mm-hmm. me, that's what it's been in my life, um, where I'm spinning, mm-hmm. sometimes to exhaustion, trying to, in my mind, help or even show God that I'm doing my part. Mm. But I'm like, able. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and I've used that analogy before, just in the car and you're stuck. But I like what you mm-hmm. said. You're spinning out of control and spattering mess. Because I think sometimes we don't think about it. But yeah, I mean, you're trying to go somewhere and you're trying to do what you know to do. But mess is going everywhere. Nothing's going as planned. Mm-hmm. You get frustrated, mm-hmm. exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's somewhere that I think a lot of people can really um, connect with. So thinking mm-hmm. about your life and that definition. So in what ways would you say that you found yourself there, that you were stuck? It's been in many ways. And I thought about that. It's, it's almost like it's a cycle. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think of stuck in a negative way. Well, this is me now outside mm-hmm. of that situation now because it was purposeful. So mm-hmm. one thing in particular for me would be 
career wise, feeling stuck. Um, and it would have been before I passed a bar mm -hmm. and the process of becoming an attorney. And I always considered myself to be a high achiever. So after graduating from Tougaloo, you know, I was very excited about going to law school, went mm -hmm. to law school at Ole Miss, graduated, moved to Atlanta. And for me, that was truly a Mecca. Like I was so excited outside mm -hmm. of Mississippi and had so many high expectations that were not being met, although I was giving my all. So mm -hmm. basically, I sat for the bar, if I'm not mistaken, three times in mm -hmm. Atlanta. And my mom had actually come out to stay with me during that period for maybe like two months or so. It could have been three. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I felt like I was so focused I would wake up at five. I wouldn't go to bed to sometimes like 10 or just falling asleep with the book in my hand. Mm -hmm. And I literally would be studying all that time. And my mom would be there. That's why I introduced her in a conversation. And I wouldn't even want her to turn on the television because I felt like it was a distraction. I didn't want to hear the noise. Mm -hmm. So I was laser focused. So I thought, but I continued to fail the exam. Mm. And I would ask myself, why? And it even became an anger towards God. Like, hey, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I'm praying. I'm going to church. I'm studying. I've enrolled in a bar study class. People I know who are not doing these things have passed the bar. Mm -hmm. You know? And so it really forced me inside, inwardly. And in the process, and it took many years for me to reach this conclusion. And so that process probably was, I graduated in 01. I passed the bar after moving to Texas in 2010. So mm -hmm. that process for me was a long process. And um, I felt as if God was humbling me, one, mm -hmm. and had me on pause. And I tell you, during that time, I even was forced to reflect back on things that I said to people, things that I had done that were not pleasing to God mm -hmm. and having to correct, if you will, those things. And when I say correct, asking for apologies, you know, um, seeking forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about that time, and I'm not saying that that was the only reason for the delay or the failure. But what I can say is in the process of me moving and being stuck, God was dealing with me, growing me, maturing me. And then I truly found a relationship with him that mm -hmm. was outside of what I had learned or grown up in Sunday school. My dad was a pastor. And so I knew about God, but I can, and I always would talk to him, but that mm -hmm. relationship became so intimate between he and I during mm -hmm. that, during that time, because that's what I had. And yeah. so I was forced to rely. Yeah, that's good. I got a couple of things and we're going to come back to that. So you said that, you know, during this time it was a real humbling experience by God and you had to, you know, ask for forgiveness, apologize to some people. 
take us a little bit down that road because I think that can be a difficult thing for people to do when you know you know you've done something wrong to just Mm -hmm. fess up to it and not shift the blame and say well I said that because he said this or that or you know we always want to put it off on someone else but sometimes it's really us it's a mistake we made and we have to step up so talk a little bit about that journey of um, you know extending forgiveness asking for apologies being humbled what how did that play out for you? Because it's it's one of those things where I, I kind of know God to put his finger on something mm-hmm. in my life. And it may just keep coming back to my head. Um, and then I know I have to call this person. Mm-hmm. And or if they are in my you know immediate area, then I can speak with them face to face during that time. But it was him showing me situations or bringing situations to my mind that I had completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. And some of that was during college, you know, and I had completely forgot about. And in those moments, I don't even know if I was conscious or even aware of what I said mm-hmm. or my action, how that could have impacted someone else. So when you are in his hands and he's dealing with you in your moments of vulnerability, that's when you can truly see the pain of someone else. So Mm -hmm. in those moments when I'm reflecting, it's almost like a flashback and I'm like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. that's how I literally was feeling at that time. Like, oh my God, that, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to reach out. So how did it go about? How did I go about it? First of all, it's scary, you know, when Mm -hmm. you haven't maybe spoken to someone in years and then you have to pick up the phone and reintroduce a situation where they may have forgotten about it or it may still be a sore area for them. Mm -hmm. And I do that with his help because in my mind, I'm like, if you're telling me to do this, number one, I can't think on it too long because if I think on it too long, I'm going to talk myself out of it. Mm hmm. And I'm going to come up with a trillion reasons why I should procrastinate. So I feel like I said to myself through him in prayer, if you're calling me to do it, Lord, prepare their hearts to receive what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Prepare me. Um, let my words be pleasing to you mm-hmm. when I call. Do not let me take offense and mm-hmm. even allow me to be quiet and let them respond in the way that they deem is necessary or needed in that moment. And don't try to debate, even if I didn't feel that it was all on me. Don't Mm -hmm. debate it, Mm because I knew I was on a mission and that mission was, you need to apologize. You need to apologize. Yeah, I like what you're saying because it really goes back to our obedience to the Lord. Like if he tells us to do (laughs) something, We have to, as you said, act quickly in obedience. Don't talk ourselves out of it. Don't negotiate the deal. Don't say, don't halfway do it. Do the whole thing of what he said and do it quickly. So obedience is key to kind of that deeper relationship with him. The longer that we walk with him um, and experience more with him, I think that obedience comes quicker. And not that it's always easy, but we're able to recognize this is his voice. This is what he's telling me to do. Mm-hmm. I, I need to do it. And on the other end of that is going to be a reward because he always rewards obedience. So that's a great point. So let's get back to um, 
you know, you were stuck. The Lord had um, told you to seek forgiveness in some areas. It was a real humbling experience going through, you know, Mm -hmm. failing the bar two or three times. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you've gone through this period of about nine years. So what was kind of the breaking point where something changed for you or you had this aha moment? Well, my aha moment, and I don't recall, and I'm almost, I'm thinking that it happened before the time that I had to make the call to some people. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad will always quote the scripture to me because I always had, or I felt like I had an issue with hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it wasn't a good thing. And he would say, what do you mean you don't hear God's voice? (laughs) I was like, well, I don't know that I do. He was like, well, you know, um, those who know him know his voice. Mm -hmm. And so it would really bother me for, for, for some time. And so I remember being in church because I, this is when my time with God, I told you had really kind of taken off. Mm-hmm. So I started attending Bible study very regularly. And I remember sitting in Bible study and just on a side note, years later, I remember hearing God, I was praying about something and he says, I was asking, when does he come through? He said, when you're desperate. Mm-hmm. And so during this time, I was desperate, even if I didn't articulate it that way, but mm-hmm. I knew I felt desperate. So I was sitting in Bible study and I drifted off for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. what brought me back into the moment was I heard this older lady stand up and give a testimony. And she said, sometimes you will hear God so clearly. It's like he's in the room with you. So it caught my attention. And I remember turning my head and looking over in her direction. And it it caught my attention because I had been praying once again about hearing his voice and longing to actually hear his voice. And I know I can go to scripture because that's where you're going to hear him speaking all the time. But Mm -hmm. I wanted an experience dear to me outside of that. Mm -hmm. So Fast forward, maybe two to three weeks. I don't even know if it was that long. It may have been a week. I remember being in my bed and I was crying. I was really distraught. I feel like some relationships with some friends had kind of fell through. I was in a relationship with this guy. It fell through. Again, I was mourning the -hmm. fact that I had failed the bar felt like I needed to go on, but was wondering if I could. So I just remember my mom would always tell me, Tariata, your time is coming. Mm. I'm so sorry. It makes mm-hmm. me emotional. But anyway, so I, w- I was in my bed and I was like, Lord, my mom said mm. my time is coming. When, God, when is my time coming? So I was going in between consciousness and unconscious because, you know, in and out what I thought was sleep, you know, and kind of sleep, uh-huh. I really sleep. And then I heard out of nowhere when you're 31. So hmm. I jumped up and I looked around the room because it was like someone was in the room with me. Mm. But I knew I was by myself. But even still, I walk out of my bedroom door because it was closed. I went through the entire apartment. Mm -hmm. because it was just that loud and I was like oh my god he just (laughs) spoke to me Mm -hmm. you know and 
for me, that was my aha moment of trust me. Mm. I'm a living God. I'm a near God. And I hear you. And not only did he hear me, he gave me direction. Mm. And that was my moment that I knew it was going to happen, even though I struggled after that moment. But I clung to it and Mm -hmm. I passed the bar when I was 31. Wow. Look at God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you heard his voice and then he gave direction. And and like you said, it was a moment that you could always go back to and say, I know at this particular moment I heard his voice and it came to pass. Yes. So how does that, you know, so fast forward, how did that moment, that experience help you with future moments? Because like you said, there were still moments ahead where you were going to, you know, be challenged or have obstacles. So how did having that one moment that you knew you could hold on to that past victory, how did it help you in the future? That's exactly what it was. I had to keep recalling it. And Mm -hmm. even to this day, and I even thank God that I could feel something when I talk about it today, Mm -hmm. years later, because that's what builds the trust, yeah. you know? And so had I not been stuck in wrestling with it, mm-hmm. I, my heart wouldn't have been open to re- even receive and hear. I feel like I would have been a different person. So I had to go there to get me to where he wanted me to be. So in terms of how does that help me in, in the future or the present, is because I do reflect on those moments and Mm -hmm. I wrote them down, you know, and when I get discouraged, I go back to it. And again, I remember them saying, and you know, through the years, you know, you got to call God on his promises. Of course, Mm -hmm. they're talking about the scriptures, but even that, and I say, God, you did this, you know, Mm -hmm. you told me this. So I know if you did it, then you'll do it now. You Mm -hmm. know, the song saying God, because mm-hmm. it's true. He's the same God. If he did it yesterday, he can do it today. The God of the ages. Exactly. And I like what you said. You had to wrestle with that. And sometimes I think we feel like, you know, being saved, being a Christian is easy. And, you know, we read the Bible and everything's just going to, you know, pan out for us. But sometimes there are seasons like we are wrestling and trying to grapple with the truth of his word and trying to reconcile our faith with what we know to be true, but the, with the way that it feels at that moment. And so there mm-hmm. are times I feel like that we are kind of in that season of wrestling. And so mm-hmm. I like that you brought that up because it's not always easy. And it's not, and even after he gives a promise and says, this is going to mm-hmm. happen, there's still steps that we go through before we see the manifestation. <laughs> and so we mm-hmm. can't lose heart. We can't lose hope, you know, while mm-hmm. we're going through, but go back mm-hmm. to those past victories where we know we heard what he said, mm-hmm. and where we saw him come through and remind ourselves mm-hmm. of that. So that is so good. So think about all of that. So how did you, um, what was the moment that you kind of got out unstuck and what does it look like now that, that you've gotten past that? Oh, I'm glad you said it. Cause for me, it was when I passed, I, I fast forward, I moved to Texas, my sister and some of my cousins, my sister no longer lives here, but she kept telling me, come to Texas, come to Texas. So I fought with it, but eventually I gave in. Mm-hmm. I moved to Texas. I started working with a law firm and actually one of the guys there went to law school with me and we actually started off kind of like you know just come and see the law firm I was 
like babysitting his child, his son at the time. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it kicked off. So then in 2010, everything, I remember even praying to God, like, hey, I want to know that I pass. Even after the initial, you know, promise to me, mm -hmm. I tell you, everything was lining up to pass the bar, like letting me know I was going to pass my firm, let me off, they pay for my bar study class. Mm. Um, I was excelling. When I tell you, it was like eating candy in the class. Mm -hmm. It was clicking with me. Like I knew I was going to pass. Every time I took like a practice test, I was excelling, you mm -hmm. know, in it. And, and, and going back to, to say this is that I was wondering if I was competent during mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. So that was big for me as well. And during that process, I realized it had nothing to do with intellect, will, Mm. and my ability but it had everything to do with God and he was showing me I don't care what you have what you think you can do personally mm. it will be nothing without me yeah. so when fast forward to now in 2010 everything was lining up and then I met this guy he was an attorney and he said he was a swimming pool expert and one day he came to me he said Teriata why are you still working here and you're not an attorney I said, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to take it. And he was like, no, I, I don't believe you. And I was like, no, I'm really going to take it. He was mm -hmm. like, come here. He said, you see my bar card? And I said, yeah. He said, go and make a copy of it in color. And he said, where my name is, scratch through it and put mm -hmm. your name. And he said, every morning you wake up, you look in the mirror and you say, I know what it feels like to be an attorney. He mm. said, someone did that for me because I failed the bar exam as well. He said, an old lady told me to do that. When you do it, you're going to feel weird. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I didn't do it. Then one day, I don't know, I may have been having a bad day. I woke up. I know what it feels like to be an attorney. I was like, mm -hmm. in my head, this is silly. This is mm -hmm. not going to work. I know what it feels like to be an attorney. I know what it feels like to be an attorney before I walked away from the mirror. I was crying, but I actually felt like I had what it took mm -hmm. to be an attorney. And then my friend, I met her during a bar prep. She formed a prayer circle that covered me while I was sitting for the bar. My entire mm -hmm. three days of sitting for the bar, every hour, someone mm -hmm. was praying for me. And then, you know, when I got my score back, of course, I had passed the bar. So I mm. hope I answered the question. I don't yeah, that is awesome. I, I love what you said that we have to declare what we want to see. So mm -hmm. while you're going through it, sometimes it just seems so hard or difficult, but we can't lose sight of, of the vision of what God has placed in our heart. And so reciting that, you know, getting up and saying it out loud. And I always tell people, you know, a lot of times you think things and you say it in your head, but there's nothing like mm -hmm. saying it out loud or writing it down. Mm -hmm. That's, that puts the seed mm -hmm. into action. So just mm -hmm. getting up and declaring it and saying it, you know, even though it feels silly at first, it does something. So now, back, you know, how are things different now? You've passed the bar. Of course, you've been practicing law for, what, at least 10 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what is life like now? I mean, it's better. And, and the thing is, it's because I'm excited. I, I still have my issues, you mm -hmm. know, but practicing law, especially when I'm able to help people 
that I deem God has sent to me because I also pray for that. You know, I want to help those that you sent to me. Mm. And when I'm able to do that in a real way and hear them, see them, you know, and just even being able to speak into their lives during that Mm -hmm. time, that's enough for me because I feel like this is what that is all about. So yes, and I'm now working out on my own um, Mm -hmm. currently and that's its own, you know, process. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that I'm being stretched and I see God continuously moving. And as they say, from strength to strength, glory Mm -hmm. to glory. So even with all of the stuff that has happened, it still happens because that's the thing. And I think you learned that during your life is going to be life and it's not Mm going to be that crystal stare, you Mm -hmm. know, if you will. And so just learning to enjoy the moments Mm -hmm. and be okay and know and even now, and when you talk about how it is now, just no matter what I go through now, I tell myself, well, I know God has it. And I do believe that no matter what you're up against, no case, no mm-hmm. judge, you know, no client mm-hmm. is going to take me down, if you will, yeah. because I know that he's with me. So I pray, you know, a lot and I do it and he's come through for me in yeah. my legal career. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is, sounds like your ministry is intersecting with your career. And so in that you found purpose because you're able to help people in a very real way. It's one thing to be able to help people and say, yeah, I'm going to go pray for you or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do, you know, this or that. But it's another thing when you can really meet a need and, I'm, and I have to be careful how I say it because it that makes it sound like prayer isn't important. Prayer is important, um, but it's no, nice I know what when you, you can. But it's nice when you can actually meet a need. You know, you can provide food, you can help provide shelter, you can help get them out of a difficult situation, you can offer mm-hmm. advice. You know, those things that people need mm-hmm. to live life. And so mm-hmm. when we can do that and pray for them and speak a word to them, like that is mm-hmm. just something that is so wonderful. Um, and that's something I try to encourage people, you know, find your purpose. What is it that you were sent mm-hmm. here on this earth to do? There is, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a career assignment, but there's always some ministry or spiritual aspect or component to it. And when you can find the place that those two intersect and you're doing both, you're onto something. Correct. Yeah. And it built empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, because I I feel like when I'm talking about the humbling situations, because I I learned through the years, I have a tendency to be critical of Mm -hmm. myself first and then of others. Mm -hmm. So even when you're hearing various stories, and sometimes they can be pretty graphic, you know, pretty intense. And it reminds me of those same stories that I may have in my own life that I take to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I would tell people, see, these folks are the people who may have done something illegal and they Mm -hmm. were caught. Mm. But see, it's a lot of things that we can do as people that may not carry a legal consequence with it, but it's Mm -hmm. just as bad spiritually if you Mm -hmm. believe in God. And so carrying that empathy, even when I'm practicing, that these Mm -hmm. are people who need legal assistance, one, And then number two, I feel like my calling is this, and I feel like it's it's not even just within the bounds of being an attorney, you know, it's when you speak and when Mm -hmm. you write 
and when you talk and when you encourage and when you mm -hmm. pray, you know, and listen. So, and that can be in so many different areas of my life. So, yeah, that is so good. Well, what advice do you have for those who are listening? You've already shared well, quite a few things, but you have any yeah. other pieces? One thing that I would say, if I had to just lay it out, it would be seek him and his voice. Because you can hear, I, I know the scripture about wise counsel. We definitely need wise counsel. But when you seek him and you hear his voice, no one or nothing can ever take that away from you, mm -hmm. right? And then you don't have to question, is it right? Because even with wise counsel, yeah. unaware, they can give you a word that may not be for you or not for you at that time or mm -hmm. based upon their own experiences or what they want for you. But right. if you hear it from God in whatever area of your life, because he says, seek him in all things, mm -hmm. then you know you're going to be on the right path. Yeah. Seek and him the path first. to getting unstuck. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so good. So seek him first, know his voice for yourself and develop that yes. intimate relationship like you talked about, because no one can take that from you when when you know his voice and you've heard it and you've seen him come through, then, you know, it just yes. gets easier. Yeah. So yes. how can listeners connect with you? I know you have your practice and other things that you do, but if someone wanted to reach out or learn more about what you're doing, how could they find you? I'm on Instagram and it is t.l.brown underscore ESQ. Also on Facebook, Taryata L. Brown, T A Y. A-R-T-A-L, and then brown like the color. And then my website is tlbrownlegal.com, tlbrownlegal.com. And my email address is tlbrownlegalservices at gmail.com. All right. I think we've got it all here. So you can find Tayyata on um, Instagram, t.l.brown underscore esq. Or on Facebook at Toyota L. Brown. Then she's also um, her website, tlbrownlegal.com, or email tlbrownlegalservices at gmail. We'll get you there. Um, yeah, anything you want to share about your practice or? Yeah, so I love doing personal injury. So one of my main areas is handling personal injury cases that would be car accidents or the unfortunate situations where someone is killed in a motor vehicle accident or seriously injured. I also do criminal law and immigration law as well. Wow, lots of areas there. Lots yes. of good work. Yeah, well, it's been so wonderful to talk to you and hear your story of getting unstuck and just so many neat tidbits that you shared with us about your relationship with the Lord and, and really um, how we can all get unstuck and just go from faith to faith and glory to glory, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so thanks again for taking the time with us and um, sharing your story. And I just want to encourage everyone to keep moving forward. And even if you're stuck now, you can get unstuck. So just keep going. Yeah.